Following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Parenting Hour on Unity FM 93.5. And welcome also to our Luton listeners. And they're tuned in on 105.1 FM. If you'd like to ring in, and maybe you haven't had a chance to get the number today, but our number is 772 and we are going to continue as I said before the break our medical series at the moment we've had over the last few weeks been talking about diabetes and hypertension and also um, we were talking uh, recently about uh, looking after your teeth and how to care for your teeth and the feedback from people I meet has been really really wonderful to um, for them listening into the program and saying how much they've gained knowledge from those shows so I thank you again to Dr. Aram Aram who came uh, and uh, gave up her time and talking to us about those medical problems and to Kay who was our patient who we interviewed as well that was really nice talking to her from her perspective and also to Dr. Ponce our dentist uh, who was um, telling us about the dental problems and how to prevent dental problems. So today, without any ado, we've got another great guest here in front of me, a very, very experienced guest. Her name is Dr. Aisha Jandua, and she's a clinical teaching fellow at Birmingham Women's Hospital. And she's also an honorary lecturer at the University of Birmingham Medical School. She's got lots of experience behind her, and she will definitely help you to be able to understand what you can do or, or how you can recognise uh, issues in pregnancy and today we were looking at following on from our hypertension the high blood pressure we we're looking at high blood pressure in pregnancy and it's called preeclampsia is that right Dr. Aisha am I pronouncing it right? That's right Sister Kathleen Zaklakar <laughs> for introducing me so kindly Well no, you're welcome thank you for coming Zaklakar for coming into the studio maybe we'd just like to start a little bit about you um, a little bit about your background how long has it taken you to get into this position with these lovely titles these wonderful titles titles that you have to your name, a very experienced person. Can you just tell us a little bit? Um, I was actually, um, myself, I was born in India and um, I stayed there for a couple of years before I moved to Hong Kong and then I came across as an international student to the University of Nottingham. So alhamdulillah, this country has been my home since 2000 and alhamdulillah, a fantastic home it has been. Um, I started my Obzengaini training back in 2007 and alhamdulillah, um, actually even before that, back in medical school, I fell in love with the specialty. I fell in love with the miracle of pregnancy, of childbirth, mm-hmm. of, of dealing with women who are unfortunately unwell and, you know, them getting better themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, alhamdulillah, I think I'm in my heart of hearts, I'm more of an obstetrician. So I, I love the pregnancy side of things mm-hmm. a lot more. And again, for the same reason, because of the, the beauty and the miracle of childbirth and, and of Allah's creation. Mm-hmm. So alhamdulillah, I'm, I've been very fortunate. I've been very lucky that Allah has blessed me with the ability to be in the specialty. MashaAllah, you, you're very experienced and I think it has to be a love. I love to see women in this specialty, being a midwife myself. It's lovely to to see other women doctors, other women gynecologists, other women obstetricians and uh, you, and especially that you like obstetrics. It's really lovely that you are here in uh, sharing that with us. So if we have um, a woman that's walking around, that's pregnant, that um, maybe not feeling unwell, could it be that she has preeclampsia? I'm sure there's a lot of things she could have. Uh, what would be the difference? What would be the signs that it would be preeclampsia? 
Okay, well, basically, there's two different things. There's the symptoms, which is any woman would be experiencing, mm-hmm. and then there's the signs that a doctor or a midwife could find out from examining them or um, doing some a few bedside tests. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of if there's a woman walking around and could she have preeclampsia, possibly she might have developing preeclampsia. But preeclampsia, in terms of a definition, is a blood pressure over 140-90. So the top number is 140, mm-hmm. and the bottom number is 90, mm-hmm. and she's got to have two pluses of protein in her urine so when they when they dipstick her urine when she comes in for regular tests mm-hmm. um, they'll find that there's more than two plus of protein mm-hmm. that's the official definition of preeclampsia in mm-hmm. terms of what she might be experiencing some women just come in saying they're not feeling quite well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they've got a bit of a headache and most mm-hmm. commonly women with preeclampsia will mention they've got a headache just behind their eyes or, or around their around their forehead mm-hmm. They'll also mention they're feeling quite sick, uh, but they may have not been sick yet, or they've, they've probably been vomiting. Mm-hmm. They might have some pain just in the middle of their chest, underneath their ribcage, um, so it's kind of the top of the tummy sort of mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. They also might present with um, swelling in their hands or their feet, so we very commonly ask them, do you find that your shoes or your um, rings are getting quite tight, you're mm-hmm. having to take your watch off, you know, mm-hmm. 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 essentially fluid retention in the right. extremities. Yeah. So they could present with that itself, um, mm-hmm. and you know, they sometimes just present with feeling quite unwell in themselves. Um, some women, not as often, but present with um, flashing lights or visual disturbances. So it's not as much as when you're sitting and then you're suddenly standing, because mm. obviously pregnant women, because of the blood pressure changes, can mm. have a little bit of that. Mm. But it's more that if they're just sitting down on the sofa, they you know start to get flashing lights in their eyes or visual disturbances. So these are essentially five or six symptoms that women can present to their GP or midwife with, mm-hmm. which then prompts us to then investigate them. Them a little bit more than, than just normal, uh, and uh, at what time in the pregnancy would this kind of start off? What would could they have this right from the beginning, or would this be somewhere later on during the pregnancy? With most women, um, if they've had got high blood pressure before twenty weeks, mm-hmm. it's considered as chronic hypertension. Twenty weeks is usually the mark at which we then consider someone um, a preeclamptic in in pregnancy. So it's a twenty week cutoff. Um, if a woman has high blood pressure even before she conceives, mm-hmm. again she's considered chronic hypertension. If she's high blood pressure and protein before twenty weeks, mm-hmm. it's still chronic hypertension. Mm. Okay, so uh, the chronic hypertension is chronic high blood pressure. Yes. You were talking about. Um, uh, I just wanted to uh, ask you there about somebody that. N- say weren't didn't have high blood pressure normally maybe their blood pressure was a bit low as a normal so would the the mark still be 140 uh, over 90 is that what you said Um, I think each woman obviously is taken on an individual basis so Mm -hmm. for an average woman 140 90 is considered the mark but if Mm -hmm. a woman genuinely has a very low blood pressure and always has had a low blood pressure things Mm -hmm. that she might have found with her GP from day one Mm -hmm. I think we consider her case individually so say um, you know uh, one of the sisters came across and had a blood pressure of 90 over 60 all her life, mm-hmm. but was feeling quite well. Her feet were swollen. She had a bit of a headache, mm-hmm. and her blood pressure was 135 over 80, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we'd still consider her within the preeclamptic um, kind of spectrum Spec- as yeah. such because she's obviously displaying the symptoms, and then we'd be doing further investigations to confirm the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And these symptoms, when you have these symptoms, they of course they they're flagged up into the GP. Is that something that they would be referred to you straight away, or could it wait a few days? Is there an urgency to this? There is a relative urgency to preeclampsia, suspected preeclampsia. Mm. 
especially because you don't want the blood pressure to be so high for a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. Untreated preeclampsia, untreated severe preeclampsia is a high risk of eclampsia. And this is why when women have high blood pressures, we like to keep them in essentially for the first 24 hours um, or sometimes they're followed up on a regular daily basis. Mm-hmm. So every woman's taken as a, kind of on the individual merit, essentially. But... Uh, Preeclampsia untreated, which is high blood pressure that can possibly inter- go up to you know 180 over 120, wow. 200 over 120. Those have a higher risk of going on to eclampsia, which is where that's that's a natural fit. So that's a lack of oxygen to the brain. Right. So there's a difference between preeclampsia and clampsia. Mm. So maybe you could explain that a little bit more to us. Indeed. So preeclampsia is sort of the pro pre um, pre event essentially. Right. Kind of the lead up to the eclampsia. Hence the pre. Eclampsia in Greek essentially means um, lightning. Okay. Oh, right. So, um, okay, that's new. I didn't know that. <laughs> the, the fact that the, the fit happens mm-hmm. um, very quickly, very suddenly, mm-hmm. and without warning. Um, but in a way, we do have better medical facilities, better ways of detecting preeclampsia. So now we do have a warning period. So the body tells us that obviously the, the high blood pressure is developing, start, uh, starting to creep up, and untreated unmonitored this can lead to eclampsia which is why we are so hot on these women having Mm. some sort of monitoring and possibly even early inductions and things like that so it's not that we willy-nilly want to jump on every woman and and interfere with their lovely pregnancy I think it's more Mm. of a let's protect mom and let's protect baby from Mm -hmm. any awful events that might happen. Yes, definitely. That's what we want, a healthy mom and a healthy baby. Do, do we know, um, I know medicine has moved on a long way since I was a midwife, indeed. A lot of things have changed in the world, but definitely medicine has. Um, do we know the cause of, of preeclampsia? And, uh, to, to put it simply, essentially, the blood vessels between mom and baby, that, that kind of allow for the transfer of all the good stuff from mom to baby yeah. and getting rid of all the, all the kind of waste products. Yeah. Those blood vessels need to be lovely and big. So the way I try and explain it to my medical students when I describe it to them is, as I say, you've got a large pipe, mm-hmm. um, the same volume of blood, mm-hmm. and hence lower pressures. Whereas mm-hmm. with a woman who has preeclampsia, the placenta, the way it interfaces or it, it kind of attaches itself to the mum's womb, mm. the, the pipes or the blood vessels are a bit constricted or narrowed. So you've got a smaller pipe, the right. same amount of blood flow, right. and it's a higher pressure. So mm. it's, it's just simple mechanics of it. Mm. To, to put it very simply, essentially, mm. there's, there's a lot of obviously research and background mm. to this, and mm. people are investigating this a lot more because women do suffer from this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's essentially it. It's simple mechanics. There's a smaller blood flow, a smaller mm-hmm. blood, um, blood vessel, essentially, because mm-hmm. it's constricted and narrowed. Mm-hmm. So the pressures are higher. And that obviously then affects um, the placenta and how much oxygen that's getting. Mm-hmm. That affects baby, and then that kind of leads in a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. And is it damaging very quickly to baby? Uh, Not necessarily. I mm-hmm. think untreated again. The, you know, the key is the, the lack of treatment because women mm-hmm. who are on treatment from even twenty-eight weeks can continue their pregnancy up to thirty-six weeks, thirty-seven weeks. Right. So yeah. it's more the fact that it's untreated, or women don't come back to the hospital, or they ignore the signs and symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that yes can have a damaging effect on baby sooner rather than later but if it's treated if it's monitored and we'll talk about that I'm sure in, in a bit um, yeah, yeah. With, with appropriate investigations mm-hmm. then I don't think it has an immediate effect on baby and you know a lot of the babies are born completely lovely healthy mashallah and yeah. normal and you know they grow up to be normal children 
Oh, lovely. That's what we want to hear. Healthy mom, healthy baby, indeed. Does it happen um, more in the first pregnancy to other pregnancies, or can it happen just any time? You could be just unlucky and it's just happening at any time. I I don't want to uh, bring you down on statistics (laughs) now, but just in general, you know, know, if a first-time mom was listening into it, would she think, oh, it's okay, it's my first time, I'm not going to get any of these things? You know, could it happen? Uh, essentially, I, I mean, with the with the first pregnancies, it's one of our moderate risk factors. Mm. And what we do is we look at the risk factors of women who could become preeclamptic in pregnancy. Right. And the NICE guidelines, uh, which I'm sure, inshallah, if people haven't heard, it's the uh, National Institute of Clinical Excellence. Mm. They've published the moderate and the high risk factors. And essentially, if, if you're above the age of 40 and you're pregnant or it's your first pregnancy, or it's been 10 years since the last pregnancy, mm. or if your BMI, which is your height to weight ratio, is more than 35, mm-hmm. or if you've got a family history where your mom or your sisters have had high blood pressure in pregnancy, mm-hmm. or mashallah, you can you know, you're conceiving twins. Oh. Any of those um, mm. is a moderate risk factor. So if you've mm. got two of those, it means that obviously you're at a higher risk. But one of those is just considered a moderate risk factor. So yes, women in their first pregnancy are at a higher risk mm. than comparatively women who are in their second, third, fourth pregnancies Mm -hmm. but say for example you had a sister who was in a first pregnancy um, and she had uh, a family history where her mom had had preeclampsia those two things together would put her at a higher risk of having preeclampsia herself in her current pregnancy right right so the idea is to register early with your GP midwife get seen to get get that medical history written down get so that they know what's happening and then if there is a problem they can refer to you early and I think our midwives are fantastic fantastic at that because mm. what they do is when they do your booking they go through that lovely green book mm. and you know I, I think that's one of the reasons I love obstetrics because mm. you've got the whole history written line you know written down mm. then women mm. in Marshall are so conscientious about carrying the green books around because mm. it's their they're obviously their baby and mm. it's related to their pregnancy so mm. you know the, the midwives do such a good job of taking their whole history down asking them about their parents diabetes you know a high blood pressure everything mm. like that so you know that's the time to essentially um, confess <laughs> <laughs> and it's for your own health and your baby's health and these are all things to to help you have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby essentially that's that's the end aim, aim yeah and is is it more um with one kind of culture than another culture or ethnic minorities from different cultures have you noticed that in your experience now as a doctor here in women's hospital you're dealing a lot with these cases uh, um, do ethnic minority community mums from ethnic minority communities come to you more with a high instance of this I think generally alhamdulillah the, um, the incidence unfortunately is higher in the Asian and the um, uh, Asian and Middle Eastern sort of population right. compared right. to say the Caucasian population per right. se um, but again, we're still looking into that. It seems that, uh, unfortunately, the Asian population is a high incidence of quite a few things. Um, so whether it's attributable to diet, it's genetics, it's, it's very difficult to say. Mm. But I, I wouldn't ask all the sisters to run to their GP just because they're Asian, for example. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it, everyone is different. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, being Asian um, does increase your risk factor of mm. developing preeclampsia compared to a woman who's exactly the same history. Again, mm-hmm. exactly the same history, no other mm-hmm. um, additions. But say, for example, she's of, you know, of Caucasian race mm, mm. so we, our, our communities need to be aware of this and uh, maybe ask their mums before they come in for their first visit what is your medical history did you experience anything wrong in your pregnancy did everything go well for you did you ever have headaches because maybe th- their mums might have had undiagnosed 
uh, if if maybe they didn't come to a doctor or they didn't have the services that are here, they didn't have you to be able to look after them. <laughs> I, I doubt I'm shouldering the, the population of the UK, but um, no, it's true. I mean, well, other people like you also. Come you know, technology has come a long, long way, mm-hmm. as has the frequency and mm. the, the amount of care that the midwives and the doctors mm. provide to women in pregnancy. So, mm. yes, definitely, the the frequency and the interval with which we see women has increased the awareness of the diseases has increased so yes I would say definitely just ask your mom siblings you know Mm -hmm. cousins if they have experienced anything like that it's more first degree that's important so mom and sisters are really important right right and and what about the husband's family does that make any difference Uh, unfortunately no no in this case um, aside from the sex of the baby it has (laughs) no impact on (laughs) preeclampsia so you can't blame him for your headaches sisters now so if you're listening to this and you have headaches you cannot blame the, your husband it's nothing to do with, with him or, you, or the father of the baby it is all to do w- if you have signs of preeclampsia with either you or your your family history and you need to go um, as early as possible to go to your GP uh, if you do experience any of the symptoms that was already spoken about is there anything that we left out maybe we should repeat them again because those symptoms were were a lot to take in and I think if, especially if people are driving home uh, and this hour of the evening they tend to be rushing home so it's a lot to take in so maybe if you don't mind okay, just, sure, yeah. no. so essentially if you've got a headache um, yeah. especially one that tends to be behind your eyes or around your forehead mm-hmm. if you felt sick so nausea or you've been vomiting yourself so either of those two as well if you've got any pain in the centre of your chest so just below your rib cage, mm-hmm. um, especially at the top of your tummy if you've had swelling in your hands or your feet or mm-hmm. even if your face feels or looks swollen to any family members mm-hmm. and if you've got flashing lights or any visual disturbances so you're finding that your eyesight's a bit impaired so any of those and sometimes women just present to us saying I don't really feel well I can't pinpoint it mm-hmm. and you know we, we always trust a mum's instinct and the way we see it is I'd rather see a mum than not see her mm-hmm. because she's got the most precious thing on board which is her baby so yeah. I'd rather see her reassure her make sure everything's fine and then let her go home mm-hmm. so mums we do listen to you and we mm-hmm. do take your gut instinct to heart good so don't think you're wasting doctor's time or anything like that by by coming to your doctor if even if there's virus and there's i know there's a lot of viruses going around at the moment with vomiting and, and diarrhea and headache viruses two of them going around so you might think it's only that i've picked up no do go and have it checked out as you hear dr asia say we would prefer to see you and make sure everything is okay rather than you continuing on and then maybe leaving it a little bit longer than what you should have excellent alhamdulillah so um how would um, a person kind of understand I know we've spoken about um, taking bloods and things like this but how would they understand blood results would, uh, do, do you explain a lot about that when they come on in I know you, you mentioned there about the blood pressure being very high when, 20, when 40 over 90 and people probably know now the normal is usually 120 over 80 but there's a lot of medical knowledge going around these days and whereas a lot of professionals would understand that how would a lay person understand kind of or know what's what happening about them and their treatment I mean one of the blood tests that we do um, is to look at well, the, one of the first probably blood tests that we do and women obviously know about this is your haemoglobin or your full blood count that yeah. has your haemoglobin within it so we look for simple things like anemia again anemia so having a low haemoglobin could mean that you're having a headache because of that because you've not got a lot of oxygen around so you're feeling quite tired you're feeling quite unwell because mm-hmm. of that so mm-hmm. we make sure we rule out all the other things as well we make sure your kidneys are working fine so we'll always check your kidneys with a blood test Mm -hmm. And essentially, that's a baseline. So we know that your kidneys are functioning well because 
preeclampsia can affect your kidneys as well. Um, mm. Preeclampsia can affect everything in your body, so any mm. of the organs. So we want to make sure we know everything's essentially working A-OK. Mm-hmm. The other thing we do is we check your liver. And uh, when we check your liver, we look for liver markers. Um, so the liver markers tell us whether the, the liver is obviously struggling or it's, it's getting affected with a preeclampsia mm-hmm. or not. And if that's all okay, alhamdulillah, that's, that's great. And uh, the other thing we check for is something called urates or uric acid. Um, some of the doctors might mention that to you, even the midwives. And essentially, if that's really high, that means that there is true preeclampsia or that the preeclampsia is affecting the body and the way it's, it's processing the blood. Very good. And I stopped you there when you were talking about um, or going into the management of mm-hmm. preeclampsia. So maybe we could continue that a little bit and explain to us about the management. The other, I mean, the only other test as such we do is checking the urine. So we'd send that off to make sure there's no urine infection. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, pregnant pregnant ladies, pregnant sisters, please, please, when you do come to um the GP or come to the midwife or even come to the hospital either bring a bring a bottle of uh, your, you know a urine sample mm-hmm, with you mm-hmm. which obviously doesn't sound very pleasant as you're driving home right now <laughs> um, but uh, if you could obviously bring that in or at least do a sample once you get there so it kind of saves you the hassle of having to then drink a lot of water and then do another sample mm-hmm. um, because that's tested to check if the protein's actually um, high so we mm-hmm. do a chemical test on it and send it to the lab mm-hmm. um, so that's part of the in- initial management so actually diagnosing the preeclampsia seeing how severe it is and then obviously the doctors will take over in case of um, management, so actual giving medications to control the blood pressure. Uh, one of the one of the things that may happen is if the baby's very very early on, um, they might consider giving steroid injections to the mum if they feel like there's a possibility that mum might need to have a delivery earlier than her due date. Right. And the steroid injections do nothing but go across to baby, get baby's lungs to mature. Essentially, it just reduces the friction when baby breathes in and out. So mm-hmm. it's got no harmful effects from that side of thing, but it's just a protective mechanism that if baby needs to be born in the third trimester, so after 24 weeks, um, before your due date, um, mm-hmm. there's that protective mechanism for baby. So he or she can breathe much more comfortably and fluidly when he or she comes out. Right, so there's a lot there about treatment I think we could talk about um, this evening, but we don't have an awful lot of time, and I think we need to bring you back another time to actually talk about the treatment in more uh, detail um, and a bit more around the tips, etc., that uh, parents can have maybe to prevent all of this from happening. Um, I just want to remind our listeners of uh, what we were speaking about in the first half of the show before we end this evening's show about this workshop lecture coming on this Saturday, Saturday 16th of May uh, from 12 to 3pm in the Moat Trust, the Borsley Centre. It is a, a, a specialised person who is a barrister giving a talk about counter-terrorism and the security bill which was something quite new for me I hadn't heard of this before but please if you're interested you need to register at ctsbirmingham at gmail.com and um, I'm just going to end with thanking Sister Dr Aisha for coming in and giving up her time to us this evening and we're definitely going to have you back to <laughs> talk a bit more inshallah time went, went very quickly on us this evening next week we're going to be talking about half term and how you can entertain your children during half term because half term is only just around the corner 
and of course Ramadan is just after that so we're going to have a, a show next week dedicated to that inshallah about activities uh, etc that you can do with your children over that time so we're taking a little break from the medical but we'll definitely come back to the medical issues in a couple of weeks time and until then I'd like to say salam to all my listeners have a good week inshallah keep safe keep driving well and safely inshallah and we will see you again next week inshallah assalamu alaikum صحبتك سمعتك يا رفيق العلا شد حرصك على صحبتك سمعتك كل غاوي يجيك لا يأثر عليك لا تساوم في رفعتي ورفعتك صحبتك سمعتك يا رفيق العلا شايفك في السماء صاحبي اللي سما وانا حاسبك ما تخطي في نظرتك صاحبتك سمعتك يا رفيق العلا شد حصك على صاحبتك سمعتك كل سمعتك سمعتي يا سناد رحلتي لو كبت خطوتي عبر بخطوتك سمعتك سمعتك يا رفيق